Welcome to the Huxley Morton podcast. This week I am joined by Jennifer Lee. Jennifer is the Executive Director and Head of Oncology for Radius. Um, Jennifer, you and I first spoke, it seems like a, a million years ago now, back before Christmas. Um, but look, give us a quick introduction as to, to what you do because I understand you're, you're a healthcare leader, you're a keynote speaker, um, you do a lot of mentoring. Give us a quick um, intro as to, to your role and, and some of the bits and pieces you, you get up to. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, James. It's so nice to be on. Um, I'm executive director, head of oncology, uh, clinical operations at Radius. And mm -hmm. Radius is an endocrine-focused company, manages osteoporosis and oncology. And I am the one who responsible for managing all of the clinical operations for oncology at uh -huh. Radius. And um, I oversee all of the breast cancer program there and uh -huh. um, for uh, patients with ER positive and HER2 negative. And we're trying to improve the, the quality of life um, against the standard of care in compared to standard of care. So I'm heavily mm. involved and I enjoy what I do every day. So. Massively. Well, look, I, I think anyone who is working with, um, you know, oncology trials or anything cancer related, trying to improve uh, things on that side of things, it's such a hugely rewarding job. Uh, and I know that everyone is, is grateful for, for the work that um, the professionals you know, in the industry are, are doing on that side of things. Um, mm -hmm. but look, I, I guess before we get into, you know, what your role consists of on a more day to day basis, um, Obviously, look, it's, it's a huge title. You're clearly managing a, a lot um, these days. Um, but just sort of let's go back in time, first of all. How did you, you first get into, uh, I guess, the, the clinical research and, and clinical trials industry? Because it's, it's something up until kind of coronavirus hit and uh, it was public knowledge, public um, news. Um, a lot of people just hadn't really understood trials um so how did, how did you first come across it and, and end up stumbling into it or or, or did you stumble <laughs> yes so it goes all the way back to when i was about five years old i lost my grandfather mm. to cancer um he had a tumor i don't know so size of five inches big on his neck he had been oh. a pipe smoker all along so mm -hmm. he developed head and neck cancer and he suffered greatly so I watched him slowly uh, pass away uh, in, in my eyes at five, and mm -hmm. um, that was traumatic. And then the following year, yeah. I lost my father in a car accident. Unfortunately, he uh, was alive at the car accident um, at the scene, but later he transported to a hospital that was about two hours away from the scene instead of 10 minutes um, from the scene. Wow. And, and he didn't get uh, seen by the doctor till the next morning. Of course, my father um, had to suffer the internal bleeding. And so he was oh. led to death overnight and he didn't make it to the next morning. Mm. So um, the, it was due to the uh, lack of access to care and the, the healthcare process um, that was not there robustly. So at seven, I realized, okay, I need to do something about this, but I don't know what, but I, I mm. want to do some research when I grow up and be a scientist and figure out how to um, help people and cure, cure disease. So um, that's what I dreamed. But of course, along the, along the way, I wanted to become a nurse or a teacher or writer or um, go into mm. journalism. 
And then I went to college. Uh-huh. I came to the, this country and I went to college and I uh, studied biochemistry. And I was offered a great opportunity to internship at a company called GD Searle. GD mm-hmm. Searle is no longer exists because it was bought by Pfizer in, in 19, um, 1990s or 2000, year 2000. Yeah. Um, it discovered Celebrex and Metamucil, Orthocycline, and great, amazing um, mm-hmm. products. So I interned there. And that's how I got into the uh, industry and learned a great deal about uh, developing drugs, uh, launching products, and inspection readiness and all of that yeah. um, at age, 20, age 21. Wow. What, is, what a journey. No, look, thanks very much for sharing um, sort of that with us. I, I guess look, no one likes to kind of relive um, sort of any stories like that. But, you know, it's clearly had a, a big impact on you from an early age. And that is now why you're doing what you're doing. Um, and perhaps we'll answer a lot of the questions as, as we get into it. You and I have spoken before, but as to why you, you branch out and you do so many other things outside of, of work um, in sort of terms of mentoring people and, and things as well. So um, look, after you, you were at Pfizer, you then um, spent, I think it was up to um, sort of 10, 12 years as mm-hmm kind of a, a, a global um, senior sort of clinical operations manager and, and looking at the science side of things. How, how did you end up going from that sort of early uh, internship um, to, to Pfizer to, to then sort of progressing through the ranks to kind of where you are now as the executive director where you must be managing kind of, yeah, all of the operations, all of the, do you handle all the project management as well? Is, is that all under your kind of domain? Yes, so currently at Radius, I'm responsible for all of the clinical program um, mm-hmm. of breast cancer. That includes all of the clinical pharmacology studies. So this is early um, phase one, if you will, a type of studies to understand how the candidate product that you wanna uh, study in and launch eventually, yeah. work in healthy volunteers and then um, special populations such as a patient population um, or hepatic impairment population. So we do mm-hmm. a lot of the pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamic studies to understand the uh, metabolic pathway of the candidate breast cancer product. Yeah. And then we do um, launch, uh, we do have the phase three pivotal trial that is being done in 17 countries uh, wow. with 478 patients who um, has metastatic breast cancer. So I am responsible for making sure all the study clinical trials are on track and deliver with highest quality while um, managing the team remotely based. And we have really seasoned team members who work really, work, um, really, really hard and work well together. So mm. yeah, I'm, I'm overseeing all of those um, clinical trials, but then there's a vendor um, and the CRO who manages all these trials. So um, I maintain, try to maintain the relationships with them. And then I also look at the finance, are we on track or over budget or under budget? It's never the under budget, but, um, and then <laughs> there's a, a great thing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's the, uh, the external stakeholders that you got to manage. And we've got an internal stakeholder such as our, um, Senior Vice President, Medical Monitor, uh, Medical 
experts and we've got yeah. other cross-functional teams that we got to manage. And so, yeah, I mean, I look at all of those activities and making sure that we're Guys, spinning a lot through. all at once by the sounds of things. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, in terms of a, a typical day, so you mentioned that um, 17 different countries is, is where you have have operations. So how does your typical day look? Because there's so many things that you have to squeeze in there. Um, you must have calendars, spreadsheets, all sorts of how, I mean, how does it, how do you, and how do you juggle that? Because um, it must be a lot of work um, all falling back to, to, to your shoulders effectively. Yes, yeah, so how do I juggle? Some days my day starts at 7 a.m with a call, phone call, or 7 a.m. Uh, for, for a quick uh, journaling. So I try not to start my meeting at 7 a.m., but maybe rather 8. But yeah. sometimes 8 o'clock feels still early. But um, I start out with one hour of meditation, just to looking at my calendar and see what I need to focus and what mm -hmm. are the priorities, which comes, what are the deadlines that I have to manage? Yeah. And are there anything urgent or you know, what are the issues here? So I look at that and then I journal um, for five minutes what I'm grateful, great for four. And, yep. and then uh, kind of look at the calendar. It's usually back to back to back um, mm -hmm. just because we're on a virtual setting now. So there's really yeah. <laughs> not a lot of wiggle room there. Um, how do I keep up with it? I mean, I've got, I'm looking at my calendar constantly to make sure that I'm not, you know, running late into a meeting. Mm. Um, while managing the deadlines, while managing um, text messages and you know uh, phone calls here and there and questions that pop up throughout the day. Yeah. And I've got my iPhone that I take with me everywhere. I mean, literally yeah. like everywhere um, to just make sure that I'm catching all the emails, not necessarily mm -hmm. responding to all of them, but catching all the emails that come during the day. Yeah. But it sounds like yeah, there's yeah. a lot of planning there, and I, I'm kind of the same. And I think when we when we originally spoke, um, you know, we talked about reading various books and and yeah. you know the planning aspects and and how to create high performance habits um, effectively. And I'm kind of the same. And I think routine and what you do in the morning to set up your day is is a massive thing. Like likewise, look, I've got sort of my my journal here, making it happen 2021. Um, yeah. You know, for me, it's um you know the routine is get up it normally five like a, an absolute head case um and go to the gym wow. um and then it's kind of yeah, <laughs> you know, write write a few things in, in my day plan if i haven't already done it the night before check what you know prioritize that that day so i can almost mm -hmm. visualize myself doing it before the day is even you know got off to a, a start and i often feel like particularly as I, I'm based over here in the UK and a lot of my business is, is in the States um, with the likes of you guys. Uh, I'm kind of in, in fifth gear by the time everyone else, you know, gets out of bed and, and sort of hits the office or working from home um, sort of over on the East Coast. And um, so look, I, I think that's yeah, a, a big thing. And clearly it's certainly helped you uh, and perhaps that the meditation has helped you relax and, and then really get into your day by the sound of things. Yes. And then I, um, and then there's like a two minute wait time or let's say four minute wait time. I don't know what to do with those because mm. it's just too short of time to work on any reports or anything like that. So that's when I run to 
um, the kitchen and I do a quick jumping jacks five times <laughs> just to get my uh, exercise in and then I get my adrenaline pumped up back uh, you know back to my system and then I um, come join so uh, I try to be productive as much as possible that way uh-huh how would um in terms of um kind of business uh, for you guys it sounds like there's a huge global operations that you're, you're managing but how are things going um, for yourself? You know, as, as a recruiter, I often get a lot of questions from various clients saying, hey, James, what's going on with this company? Or how's this CRO coping with remote onboarding or retention of, of staff during this, this period? How are things going um, for you guys? If you can, I guess, paint us a, a very quick picture. Yes, I mean, at Radius, we've been really tremendously lucky to carry for all of our clinical trials. We didn't have to stop any trials because of COVID mm. disruption. Um, we've been extremely lucky. And I've been working closely with the team to make sure that we do have robust um, mitigation solutions in, uh, ready so that there is no disruption for our patients to take you know, their treatment, uh, yeah. for example. So we set up uh, direct to shipment uh, process so that in case the patient can't come to the clinic because of either he himself has a COVID or the site is not able to open and see patients, yeah. we um, ship um, IP directly to to directly to patients' home so that there's no disruption there. Mm -hmm. Also, we um, make sure that there's a risk mitigation in terms of um, the patient um, safety, data integrity. And, and study continuity. So there's a constant mitigation, what's on horizon, what is emerging new risks, what do we need to do? Um, who needs to kind of keep an eye on that? So we constantly monitor that. Um, so good story, good, good uh, news is that the Emerald study, the phase three trial um, was able to enroll the full Isn't, planned yeah. patients. Yes, nice. within the original timeline, even uh, despite the COVID-19, we didn't have to stop the, stop the study. We, we, we went full force and was able to complete the enrollment within the original timeline. So we've been really lucky. Um, in terms of- uh, Isn't it? Normally you look for on time in budget. At least there's, there's certainly the, the on time is definitely- <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, but, um, in terms of your question, so going back to your question about the hiring, we've been really lucky. And because of that, we were able, because of the, uh, the mitigation mm. and robust planning and execution and, and agility and being nimble, all of that, we've been able to hire a lot of um, um, team members and expand our team because of Amazing. the successes that we're having. Yes. Mm. Look, that's, I guess, good to hear. And look, it's, it has changed, hasn't it? I, I guess, you know, we're regularly having this conversation with our clients and it's the fact that, you know, where people would typically have to travel in for interviews, you're now doing back-to-back -back Zoom calls. Um, and you just have to almost be a little bit, as you say, probably, you know, agile, flexible, um, in order to secure the best talent out there at the moment. Because if you don't, you can bet your bottom dollar that there's another organization that are working quickly and perhaps snapping up anyone um, who is, you know, getting held up with a six stage interview process somewhere else um, because people just aren't prepared to wait. You know, they're, the job seekers right now are in a fantastic position to almost mm -hmm. cherry pick the, 
uh, positions as to who's moving quickly, who's paying um, you know, the money, who's matching benefits, who's offering 401k. Um, so it has, it has um, sort of changed, but it sounds like you guys have, have weathered the storm um, and been agile um, enough. I mean, how have, how have you found um, kind of working from home personally? Um, is it something that you were doing a little bit of before? Because I know a lot of clients have kind of said to me, you know, we're, we were already set up for this, but uh, mm -hmm. how have you sort of found it yourself? And, and perhaps what have you learned about yourself over the last six months? Because I think um, everyone has learned something because we, it, we've been driven onto these platforms. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, we've carrying your phone everywhere. Um, <laughs> everyone's always got access to their emails, to, you know, all sorts of things at Zoom. Um, so, how, you know, what have you learned about yourself and uh, how has that sort of changed the, the working world for you? Yes, I mean, so because I, I don't have to travel, before COVID, I was on plane all the time and I worked late in the office. I probably was the last person to leave in the office and, and um, I worked a lot, but mm -hmm. here at home, I think I work even more just because I don't have to spend time on the road. I don't mm -hmm. have to, uh, you know, run through another meeting, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I tend to work more, but that's why I did a time tracking in December just to see where my times are being spent yeah. here. Quick question on that. Is it, is it yeah. working more or is it getting more done? Getting more done, definitely. I'm, uh, that's why I think we were able to weather this COVID-19 storm and deliver robust clinical trial and surprise everybody. And because we're more focused this way, because we don't have a distraction, right? Yeah. Um, we don't have this all this distraction. We are focused and, and we've been also um, very good about looking at the horizon and see what risks are coming, et cetera. So we've been productive more mm. focused and we've been highly functioning and successful in delivering our um goals yeah i mean it's, it's the same same for for me and, and my business you know we're i you know i love the remote as aspect of it of course when we're allowed to you know want to do team get togethers and, and getaways but in terms of the remote aspect of of our work it it works perfectly as you say it's yeah. it's a i think it's been probably a little bit of both for me i have probably been working more because there's not much else to do. I can't go out and <laughs> do too much socializing, but I'm getting a lot more done um, yeah. just because everyone else is so much more accessible via Zoom, LinkedIn, um, and everything else. So look, I think there, yeah. there, there is those positives um, to come out of um, the pandemic. Um, and it sounds like you guys at Radius are doing a great job of weathering it. You're getting the results, you're, you're taking people on and, and clearly, Sort of the model that you've adapted is, is working well um but aside from uh, i guess the the actual radius side of things i know that in addition to all of this work you do a lot of sort of mentoring work and, and sort of women in business um things that i've seen you on, on various webinars now on, on on linkedin that have been advertised um what's uh, i guess kind of your drive for that side of things what what are you trying to achieve there and, and i i'm guessing it's all about giving back but you know, it'd be great to hear it from your side. Yes. Yeah, so, so going back to uh, my childhood, I grew up because I lost my father um, early age. So I grew up in without a father in my my house. So mm. my mom was out there working seventeen hours. Um, wow. 
at a restaurant and mm. and she was not available so i didn't really have grown up or mentor um, to help guide me navigate mm. through my teenage year when i first came to this country yeah. my body was changing i was i was 15 years old and and like i didn't understand english word of english and i didn't understand homework so i skipped homework for like three weeks and then until my <laughs> teacher's like Jennifer, I need to talk to you. I was going to say, how did that work out? <laughs> like, what, 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 what is a homework? I didn't even understand. And then once I understood what that was, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then let me, okay, let me turn it all in. But and, just, yeah. you, you didn't didn't really even speak English when you when you moved to the states at all. <laughs> no, wow. and I was shy and. Yes, and it was just a ma- I was just a hot mess. I was like, oh my god, look at me! I'm getting you know chunkier, and because I'm, I'm I'm loving McDonald's. I mean, like I've never had McDonald's until I came here, mm. and so I was having like forty pieces of chicken nuggets, and I was like, oh my god, I love this day. Great choice. Every single day. When I when I was um, sort of still at school or, or high school, it would have been the equivalent for you guys. I, I was working uh, at McDonald's, but then at the same time, um, you know, boxing for, for England, a crazy mix to be working at McDonald's. My diet was terrible, um, <laughs> you know, as, as you highlight. But, um, yeah, I have to say chicken nuggets, fantastic choice. Um, yes. But so that, <laughs> that kind of has, has driven you to say, look, you know, because the absence of, of sort of real mentors at your end, you're now trying to, you know, fill that gap for anyone else who's, uh, I guess, finding themselves in that situation. That's absolutely right, right. And I realized once you have a mentor, I didn't have a mentor for a long time, but I had one day, just awesome mentor who, who said one thing, mm. one thing to me. He said, Jennifer, I know you're having some trouble right now, but you are in control. And I go, hmm, like, I don't know what you mean, because what do you mean you're in control? I, I I don't feel like I have anything in control. I lost my parent I, my, uh, and grandfather, and I came here. I don't understand anything, and mm. um, I can't speak English. I can't, like, I, what are you talking about? So this is, of course, much, much later. And he, he said one thing, and he said, yeah, you're in control. You can make things happen mm. if you want to. So that really, I mean, like, I, I thought about it for 20 days nonstop and I go oh my god what does that mean like how can I do this so I reached out to a mentor that same mm-hmm. mentor and I asked him if he could mentor me mm-hmm. and then I reached out to another mentor who was just amazing at operationalizing things and I reached out to him and, and I asked him if he could mentor me so I started having some mentors so it's just I thought of vision myself as a CEO and then I have three amazing board of directors who would guide me through the hard times. Mm. And I realized the power of having a champion support and mentor and coach around you that you could talk to when you have a difficult day and when you can't yeah. reflect and, and you're having a hard, hard problems to solve. And so I wanted to do the same thing to other people. So I'm, I'm mentoring uh, STEM students, high school STEM students. I mm-hmm. am mentoring the uh, professional who just um, got out of college and early in their stage um, in, in the industry. Yeah. And I'm also mentoring people, uh, executives, senior vice president or director or senior director or, or VPs who have issues with um, 
uh, stakeholders or their boss or you know whoever it is mm. so you know, i kind of just brainstorm i mean i don't sit down and say you know you know let me help you but it's more you know we talk it out and and just kind of ask some questions and and say well have you thought about this have you re uh, think of thinking about reaching out and so i use um, i tapped into my toolbox and see you know what did i do or what mm. would i do in this time or what would my board of director do in this time but also kind of listen to their stories and their what they're struggling and oftentimes i think they have the they have the answer they know mm -hmm. that but they they don't have the confidence to face that challenge face the problem yeah i think i've i mean i've read i read a lot of books and um you know about personal development and things like that and watch a lot of things on, on youtube these days which i find amazing and it kind of yeah. takes me back to my sporting days where you had a coach who was kind of your mentor they would guide you you know you were you know i was a high performing individual but he was guiding me you know and it's it's the yeah. same i think in business and it's just like you said it's, it's about creating that kind of self image as to be and then becoming the person that you're, you're visualizing um and yeah anyone who like yourself who's helping others to you know see you know what others may see in them is certainly useful so i think it's 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 great for um uh, for what you're doing there um and look um it would certainly be sort of useful um, if, if you could sort of highlight you know where people could perhaps reach out to you is, is is it linkedin um if anyone else is looking at this and, and just talk us through again though the the organizations where you're doing that just so that anyone listening can perhaps check those out and, and have access to those yes so thank you i'm heavily involved in women in bio chicago chapter mm. uh, women in bio is a nonprofit organization um the local chapters they're throughout the united states so there's one in boston there's one in california los angeles there and in chicago of course i don't think we have one in ohio but it's throughout so depending on where you are but i mean you can free to um, connect with me on linkedin mm -hmm. and and then the chicago chapter what i am involved in is that we realized um so the middle manage the leadership pipeline for middle managers um we're talking about director level to mm -hmm. the senior vice president level we don't have enough enough women leaders so the 3.8 initiative is to solve that problem by um, providing opportunity for strong amazing women leaders to mm -hmm. uh to um increase their visibility um, either through their work or through network or through um, the LinkedIn social media. So, you know, they, they really elevate their visibility and we train them. We also um, provide a lot of great resources and through this Woman in Bio 3.8 initi initiative program. Yeah. And so our, ultimately our goal is to increase the uh, leadership role uh, for women for the startup boards. So mm. if you're interested in, check us out. Definitely. Well, look, I'll, bio Chicago chapter. What I'll do is um sort of when this this is out, um, I'll make sure that um we post a link um at the end of the video and um, so that everyone can access that. Um yeah. but look, I guess um sort of just moving on in, in terms of the world of, of, of pharma and back to kind of um radius and, and the work side of things. Um look, at the moment there's 
you know, fantastic news coming out daily about vaccines and, and the amount of vaccinations that are, are going on. Um, doesn't need to be a sort of a, a huge science answer from yourself. Um, but what are your, your thoughts on the vaccines and perhaps just what's in store for sort of anyone working in clinical research and, and sort of the world of, of, in, of clinical trials as we head throughout 2021? Yes, in terms of vaccine, I have colleagues working at Moderna as well as um, AstraZeneca and Pfizer. They mm. have amazing, um, they're amazing, strong scientists who are passionate about improving the lives of patients. And we are heavily regulated um, industry. And so therefore there's a lot of checks and balances um, in place all the way from, you know, from the time that we discover the vaccine mm. um, candidate uh, all the way to human trial and then data read and um, manufacturing and all of that. So it's heavily yeah. regulated, it's GXP. And so I trust in the process, I trust the science and I'm going to get the vaccine, so. Great yeah. to hear. Well, it's, it's good to yeah, have individuals, you know, sort of passionate about their work, you know, back in the science. Um, you know, it's been fantastic sort of hearing about what you've been doing at Radius. It sounds like all is going well. You're doing a lot for women in business and, and sort of mentorship. Um, and look, just finally, you know, if you hadn't gone down this line, which it sounds like you were always going to, um, but what, what are your, I guess, the, the interest for yourself um, sort of outside of, of the world of trials and, and pharma, you know, what do you do to, to relax, you know, Jennifer at the weekend, say? Yeah, Jennifer on the weekend. Well, oh gosh, um, I have to say I'm a geek, so I read a lot of books. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, read newspapers and books and articles or journals, anything that I could get my hands on, I, I read. So that's one. And then I, I spend a lot of time cooking, although I'm not a good cook at all, but uh, I try. <laughs> I've got a family to feed. I, I so. <laughs> So I try to cook, um, yeah, a couple meals on the weekend. And breakfast is not really my big thing, but it's easy to kind of whip up some, uh, you know, breakfast thing, and then dinner definitely. And then I like to watch some, um, you know, Netflix or whatever it is. We do have a like Saturday movie night with the family, and that's when yeah. my uh, little kitten and my uh, adopted dog uh, come join us and we eat popcorn we we drink and we watch a movie and that's like the best time of my life no, so um, I do that on the weekend normally a film or is there a box set of choice at the moment yeah oh the film okay well so Cobra Kai I've been watching <laughs> I don't know if no. you don't seen a karate kid. Yeah, I mean, being an 80s <laughs> child myself, yeah, karate kid. As soon as I saw that come on, I was like, oh my, I've got to. It's watch. pretty addicting. I can't stop. I, yeah, it's one of those, it's like a guilty, it was a guilty pleasure, but I, yeah, I've now watched a lot. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so as I've been watching it. And then anything Disney, my kids are like, anything Disney. So we've been watching Soul Movie. Have you seen that one? I haven't. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not, not that big. I don't really watch much TV or, or anything really. But yeah, certainly Cobra Kai hooked me in, and uh, my partner Lucy is, is always trying to get me onto box sets. But they're normally just such a big commitment, and I'm normally yes. so hooked up with with work and sort of managing the business that I kind of yes. prioritize that over um, getting too too bogged down with with those. But look, 
Um, right. Jennifer, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show, hearing your story. Uh, thanks very much for being so open and sharing it with us, really. Um, oh, thank you. And look, for anyone um, that is looking to reach out, obviously you've covered um, the associations and initiatives that you're, you're um, sort of involved with, um, but I'm assuming that, you know, general questions and comments, is it best to perhaps connect with you and, and perhaps shoot you a message on, on LinkedIn or? Yes, that, that was the best way to do so. Um, connect me on LinkedIn, Jennifer, if you, I mean, I think there's a lot of Jennifer Lee, so Jennifer Lee, then another keyword radius then I should pop up and Great stuff. look forward to connecting with you all. Fantastic. Jennifer, thanks very much for coming on the uh, Huxley Morton podcast. Have a fantastic day and we will speak again soon. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.